This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 87 of the Stacey West podcast. Uh, I'm Ben and Gary is with me. Are you well? I'm always well is what I say to everybody now because nobody wants to hear when you're not. It's very true. Is very very true. Um, how have you been keeping, mate? Cause it's uh, it, it's it's been back. Well, we were saying just off air, weren't we? We thought it was like three weeks or two weeks since we did one, but then we realised it's closer to four. Yeah, I've I've got a little bit fat actually. Um, I noticed the other day I had a bath, which was rare because I normally shower. And I had a bath, and I noticed that I've got a little bit fat. I don't I don't, I don't want to weigh myself um, because I don't want low self esteem. Uh, but Fee being back here, she's a feeder. <laughs> my other half um so yeah other than that mate it's actually it's, it's been good there's we're, we're noticing i think a gentle resumption in football activity i don't mean premier shit and uh trying to second guess what the cowboys are going to do at huddersfield none of that particularly interests me um but you know we've, we've seen some transfers and bits haven't we so how about you anyway how are you keeping yeah I better ask yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just out of, out of politeness yeah um yeah, not bad, mate. It's uh, it's been it's been a weird few weeks. I've, I kind of took myself off social media a few weeks back because it's uh, it was just Full doing my head in. It was honestly, it was just doing my head in. Like I was starting to really resent people that I usually like, and I just thought oh, I can't be asked with this. Is that why um, it's been three weeks since we've recorded? <laughs> <laughs> the truth um, will out. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just like it just it's a fucking bin fire, isn't it? It's like I just can't be asked with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously been, you know, sort of playing a lot of, uh, playing a lot of games and I've, I've been doing a lot of, uh, building things in terms of computers, which is always fun. So, um, yeah. I, I just, just as an aside, the, uh, the lease on my, uh, computer that I've leased and not used twice in the last year is up at the end of the month and I'm going to keep it for a small fee. So it will need a new hard drive, uh, probably best left for off air, but I'll, I'll be in touch with that. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Um, I won't need a new hard drive for any dodgy reason. Uh, it's because it's the SSD and HDD and it runs funny. It's not because my hard drive has been checked by the police or anything like somebody suggested on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> See, that's why I left it, because it's a oh, bin fire. I asked my, I asked them, because I've been taking pictures of headlines, blanking out a couple of words, Lincoln City relating headlines. And this Lincoln City related headline was, Gary is ready to, and blank. And somebody put, have his hard drive checked. <laughs> or was it collect his hard drive from the police or something odd like that anyway. So it was actually Gary's oh, ready dear. to step down and it was referenced Gary Simpson. Um, but people, you know, took it took it that it was me. Of course. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we've uh, we've got a few bits to talk about. I mean, the first, uh, the first thing really is, um, like you say, football's kind of getting back to some sense of normality in some areas, but obviously not, you know, in, in others with the fact that the Premier League is still going and it's July is is certainly strange. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, what's... Um, we, we mentioned, I think, just before we came on about, uh, you know, some, some potential new faces um, in, you know, possible transfer news. Um, what have you got for us on the, on that front? Well, I don't actually know when this is going to be going out, personally. Uh, I know we're recording it on Saturday morning. I'm kind of hoping that you'll put it out Saturday afternoon. So this might be news that's, that's fresh today. It might be news that's, that's fresh, to, not fresh tomorrow. It's uh, Sunday, but- Gary. Is it Sunday? Wow, okay. Well, in that case, I kind of hope you put it out Sunday afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Lockdown, then, honestly, lockdown, working from home. um, And and on a Friday, I get assignments on a Friday, which I can work on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I kind of work all three days, but don't. And anyway, there we go. So, yeah, so some news has broken. And I, I say news, it's on social media. Uh, and now Twitter is a wash, and people who follow me regularly and, and look at the site will know Twitter is a wash with people who make rubbish up. Mm-hmm. So EFL transfers nine, X agent thirty four, Kitman ninety seven, and one hundred and thirteen twelve patel or whatever they're the people that um are just basically they've got a random generator they wake up in the morning roll a dice uh pick a team roll a dice pick a player put it out on social media and then people comment on it i'm not into that don't comment on anything when somebody like alan nixon who works for the scum or uh, peter rourke who works for football insider when one of those puts a rumor out you tend to sit up and take notice because um, they tend to be accurate, and it's it's Nixon who's put it out. I don't read the Sun; I follow him on Twitter. So there's there's none of my money gone to funding whatever vile cause they're behind at the moment. Um, now he's linked us with three players this morning, one of which uh, we haven't spoken about on here before, but I've spoken about extensively on the on the site, which is Theo Archibald. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, he's the most exciting of the three. Uh, Twenty one years old, and you'll notice that's a recurring theme. Um, winger. Former Celtic youngster, moved to Brentford, had a few problems settling. Um, he actually moved to Brentford because um, a particular coach was his mentor and then that coach died uh, and he's, he's he struggled at Brentford. was at Macclesfield last season, widely regarded as one of their um, more exciting players, chipping in with goals and assists. Left them. Uh, he was. He, I think he'd actually requested to leave them in March and sign for us. So this has been dragging on quite a while, but... Um, it looks like that might be close. So that's the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, uh, Connor Kirby. Now, Connor, was uh, he's been at Sheffield Wednesday since he was a youngster. Uh, he played a handful of games for their first team under Josh Lohacki, who was their uh, manager that was fired before Steve Bruce went in and then immediately left. And then I think, is it Gary Monk there now? 
at Wednesday. But anyway, so um, yes. he's got a, a little bit of experience at Sheffield Wednesday, came out of Sheffield Wednesday uh, to go on loan again to Macclesfield. Uh, reading through some tweets this morning, he was one of the players that Macclesfield um, felt might have been one of their players of the year. Uh, one or two fans were sort of saying that he had a, a good season for them. Central midfielder, 21 years old. Um, a little bit perhaps in the Joe Morrell mould, in that he's come through a championship club, he's gone, he's had a full senior season in League Two, done relatively well, uh, but cash is king uh, and nobody's got any, so Sheffield Wednesday have released him. So he's the other one, he's a free transfer. Uh, thirdly, 21 years old, uh, again, another one, I think Michael um, likes him at 21. Uh, and Kevin O'Hara, so not not Kieran O'Hara, who was the Man United goalkeeper, not Mark O'Hara, who obviously we all knew about, Kevin. Um, he's a striker, started out at Falkirk in the Scottish Championship, had loan spells with East Fife and Stenhouse Muir, um, goalless loan spells with East Fife and Stenhouse Muir. Uh, was released by Falkirk, dropped into part-time football, but still in the Championship. So bear in mind, you know, the second tier in Scotland, by the time you get to the like the 20th best team in Scotland, you're talking part-time teams. Um, scored 10 in 25 for Aloha last season, three assists, six foot, fairly robust, robust forward. Um, chased by a number of clubs uh, in, in Scotland and England. Uh, that one's very close as well. Uh, now, chatting to somebody uh, the other day, and I won't say who, but chatting to somebody from around the club, um, wouldn't give me any names as to who we were signing, but did say... Uh, that it was unlikely, one of the players that we were in for, it was unlikely I would find anybody that supported the team that he was moving from, which was a bit of a kind of a teaser. Uh, hmm. And that fits Aloha Athletic and that fits Kevin O'Hara. So they're the three players that we've been um, linked with. And I would imagine that your first instincts would be to be underwhelmed. Um, I mean, I Honestly. think... Uh- I mean, I think at the minute it's it, it's going to be one of those where you're going to have a lot of players that are out of contract. You're going to have a lot of players that are kind of floating around, and you you think maybe you know that, that there'd be some players that would potentially be of a, a higher stock. I guess you'd probably say that that could possibly come to the club. Um, I don't know if underwhelming is the right the right wording for it, but. Um, you know, I mean, when uh, when you talk about uh, Theo Archibald, it's a, a name that I've definitely heard of quite a few times being talked about. Um, not just you know by yourself on the site, but also from uh, from a few other places, um, other podcasts and things like that as well. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm underwhelmed. I think any new any new people through the door is obviously going to be a good thing, uh, particularly given the, the circumstances at the moment. But um, yeah, I wouldn't have picked those three off the top of the list if I'm honest with you. Uh, I think that's because probably, you know, I hadn't heard of one of them until this morning, and I would wager you probably hadn't heard of two of them um, from this yes. morning, yeah, potentially. Um, look, I think I think what we've got to accept is the new normal, and we're going to live the new normal, even if Mansfield and Salford are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, we are not going to be offering experienced footballers contracts for another two or three weeks as a bare, bare minimum, if not five or six weeks, because I firmly believe that the club are going to be sticking around looking for value for money. And not every player that's played regular championship or league one football in the last three seasons, who's a free agent is going to be finding a club. Doesn't mean that we're going to get the dregs. When you look at the late signings that we've made in the past, I mean, Tyler Walker, for instance, was a late signing. I know that's a little bit different because he was on loan. Um, But Jason Shackle was a late signing who was superb in league uh, two for, 
before as Neil Erdley was a late signing in the summer. I think actually Bozzy was quite a late signing. I think he was July, late July, wasn't he? Uh, so yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't think that we're going to be we're not going to be buying players for cash. Definitely not going to happen. Um, we're not going to be. It would be crass to bring in high earners at this stage when you're making people redundant. It would be a PR disaster for the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be looking at young players that Michael and the coaching team believe that they can turn into uh, a decent side. Um, there's a worry that we've lost our identity. I think that's something that just bothers me a little bit, is that every year you want to retain a little bit of your identity. So when when we came from Chris Moyes into Danny Cowley, we'd kept... Reed, we kept Waterfall, we kept Hawkridge, mm-hmm. Muldoon, Alan Power. So we retained an identity. So the new players joined something that was already established. Then when we came out of the National League, new players came in and they joined something and, and so on and so forth. This season, it's been very much a case of dismantling. And I think when you look at last year's team, if you look down the players that made 10 appearances or more and ask yourself how many of those are still at the club, very few. How many of those are likely to be first-team regulars under Michael Appleton? I would say possibly three at the wildest push, one realistically. Mm. And that would be George Grant. Yeah. Because I don't know if Michael fancies Keon Bolger, uh, but at the minute we haven't got any other centre-halves. And I don't know if he fancies Harry Anderson. Certainly not if he, you know, Zach Elbazetti still to come into the side, who we've not seen anything of yet. Um and obviously, if, if, if we do sign the Theo Archibald. But I think fans have got to be patient. And I think that's what you've just alluded to, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not going to be... It, it's never going to be, the, you know, the, the same as previous seasons. Um, you know, like you say, we're not going to be... We're not going to be spending money to bring players in. Um, we're not going to be doing what Mansfield and Salford want to do, or, you know, even Forest Green want to do. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do that if the season had ended in a normal manner. But the fact that, you know, it's ended the way that it has done, it's just weird. I mean, I think we're gonna we're gonna touch on um a possible start date in a you know, as the next piece of uh, next sort of topic, but I don't know. Like I the the way that this the way that the, this postseason, the close season's been uh, been coming about is is just very, very strange. Um you look at the the squad list. I mean, we don't necessarily have well, we don't have a, a first team goalkeeper. We don't have a backup goalkeeper, um, and the the squad is very thin at the minute. You know, even more so than than during the season. So, it's going to be a case of uh, just being a little bit patient and letting letting the uh, the management team do what they need to do. I mean, I've I've got a lot of faith in in the the the, uh, the management team at the club um, still. You know the. There was obviously a, a quite a um, what's the word a bit of a furore just before it all uh, before it all stopped, um, and you know a lot of people were were willing to to get on uh, get on Appleton's back quite quickly. But it's it's not the way that it should have gone, in my opinion. You know, people need to be just that. You know, they need to have that patience. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's a shame because I don't think Michael's going to get to do in the transfer market this summer what he would like to have done. Yes. Um, but I don't think anybody is. I think what we're going to have to appreciate is if the wage cap does not come in and teams are going to be waiting to see if it does or it doesn't, Mansfield are gambling. Um, mm. But most teams are going to wait to see what happens there. We won't be the only ones in League One who are struggling 
or not struggling, but who are unwilling to commit to old contracts. Um, yes. And by that, I mean, you know, the three grand a week in, in our division. We won't be the only ones. You know, you only have to look at the likes of um, Wimbledon. Rochdale, Bristol yep. Rovers seem to yep. uh, have let quite a few players go. Shrewsbury are another one. Um, you know, there are plenty of teams in and around who are going to be in and around us who are not going to be able to do what they hoped they would. MK Dons, you know, they were losing an awful lot of money anyway. Some of these teams will mm. be thankful just to kick off whenever we whenever we do kick off. So. I think the landscape's going to look very different. Um, I went into last season, and I know you did as well, thinking that you know tenth to sixteenth would be a great finish. Mm-hmm. Um, anything kind of above the bottom three would be a relief. I actually think next season anything outside the bottom four is a great finish because we've survived a second season in the division. Um, hopefully, Michael has, has kind of established some of those younger players. You know, by that point, you would hope. Teo Eden would be established in the first team. You would hope Tom Hopper would be established in the first team. Aaron mm-hmm. Lewis, potentially. You know, there's, there's good players left at this football club who we haven't seen a great amount of at the minute. I mean, yes. Eden and Scully are the two who really excite me. But Tom Hopper, he will be our number nine. And Michael yes. will want to bring in a number 10. And I think he will want to spend a little bit in terms of wages on a number 10. So I think when we look at Kevin O'Hara and think, is he going to come in? Where is he going to play? He's going to play on the bench and coming off and being a little bit of a uh, a backup, I think. So yeah, kind of like that impact player. Yeah, yeah. So um, and I think it's the same with Theo Archibald. Potentially with Theo Archibald, there's first team quality there. Um, mm. I don't see that in Zach El- Zach Elbazetti at the minute. But then that's the problem with players coming down from Scotland and I know Theo's come from uh, Celtic so it's a bit different and Theo Archibald was superb for against us uh, for Forest Green I think um, not the, the, the game John Akindi scored the goal and then Reese Brown scored for them and we snatched it through Kellen Gordon I think Theo Archibald was excellent for them that game Mm. Um, I can see him being first team potential. So, but you know, play people. I saw Michael Horton said that some signings were imminent, and if I if I was pushed, I would say those three signings are probably the ones that are imminent because it yeah. doesn't normally come out if they're not. Um, and yeah. when Michael put that, he asked, "Who would you like to see signed?" And reading down some of the answers, you know, Liam Bridcut. We're not going to sign Liam Bridcut at this moment mm. in time. We might pick him up towards the end of the transfer window when he's willing to drop his money. We're not going to yeah. sign him at the minute. It's not going to happen. Well, I mean, let, let me throw this one out then. If the if the wage cap does come in and all of a sudden across the board it's a case of, right, this is the amount of money that you are allowed to spend on players, you know, weekly, do you think we'll see potentially Bozzy return to the club no. or early return to the club? No, I don't think we'll see any of the players return to the club uh, that have left. Firmly believe that that won't be the case. Michael Boswick, almost certainly not, because clubs that are willing to spend a little bit will be willing to spend a little bit on the likes of Michael Boswick because he's a winner. And in League Two, you put Michael Boswick in the centre of a League Two defence, you finish in the top seven, in my opinion. So Salford and Mansfield, who at the moment are willing to offer decent money, are going to pick up Michael Boswick. And I, I, I firmly believe one of those teams will sign him in the next three weeks. And then with Neil Erdley, are we going to commit money to a right-back who's the wrong side of 30, with the greatest respect to him, when we've got Aaron Lewis, who proved himself more than adaptable, people were already saying that Lewis was going to be good enough to come through. Mm. If we're going to, if we're going to commit to um, experienced footballers, we're likely, in my opinion, to commit to experienced footballers that Michael has either worked with in the past, uh, and one that springs to mind, and I know it would be the most underwhelming one ever, but Alex McDonald, he signed at Oxford. 
um, for his impact off the field. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we were to go for someone like him, which, you know, having played League Two football for two or three seasons, I know would, would underwhelm people, but he's a horrible little bastard as a <laughs> footballer and that's what you need. Uh, or it will be a Liam Britcott, but it will be towards the end of the transfer window when Liam Bridcut. Or, or whoever, I'm not saying Liam in particular, but when that type of player realises that a three grand a week deal isn't going to come his way. And then he yeah. comes into Lincoln and says, well, look, I'll come and play for 1500 a week. And if the rumours to be believed, that's what's happened with, that's what happened with Jason Shackle, that he mm. was on 30 grand a week at Derby and then he suddenly didn't have a deal. So he turns up at Lincoln and I was reliably informed by Danny Cowley uh, that Jason's wage did not start with a two. Uh, wow. And he didn't start with anything higher than a two. I don't know how true that is. And it might have been, you know, Danny propaganda. Um, but Jason Shackle wasn't playing. You know, he, he took a pay cut that would normally see people on the street. But, you know, when you're third, 29 grand a week or whatever it is, when you've been earning what you've been earning, you just want to play football. And they're the type yeah. of players we're going to be having to work with later in the window. Yeah, I mean, it's that just makes sense, doesn't it? You know, you're not going to... If, if you miss out on a player that's going to want three grand a week or whatever at this stage you know you, you're going to miss out on him but ultimately the the financial security is what's uh you know the most important thing right now um michael appleton put players like kamar roof um and uh who was the other boy that he brought who went to middlesbrough i can't think of his name now it might have been a johnson something like that but he took players yeah. at oxford and turned them into um one or two of them into multi-million pound players. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's got that reputation of working with players. Fans are just going to have to be patient. When these young players start coming in, you know, you're going to get people who work all across the county who think they know better, going, we need this, we need that. At the end of the day, until we know when we're starting again, we don't actually need anything. My dad's one of the mm-hmm. worst for it. I mean, I love my dad's bits, but, you know, he came here last night and said, well, we're going to have to start signing someone. It's like me going out there and saying, well, you know, it's light now, but it'll be dark at night. You know, it's, it's a given. Of course, we're going to have to start signing somebody, but we'll have a team when we eventually go out there. I just yeah. think, you know, if you're underwhelmed and I'm not, this is, you know, because I think people will be when people see these names and kind of go, well, I'm underwhelmed. It's, we've just got to preach patience. We've just had our best finish since the 1983 84 season. And, mm. you know, there's every chance that we will be, we've got League One next season. There's every chance that we can survive in League One next season. I think that's got to be the key. I think surviving, getting to the end of the season, fifth fifth from bottom or higher and solvent, you know, that would be a massive win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the uh, that's the key for me is when, you know, you see people that are, um, are going to be pushing for, oh, we can get into the championship. No, we can't. Like, yeah. the, the, I, that is not a... Um, hey Charlie <laughs> there's even that, a door shut as well that's the crazy thing <laughs> there is not a uh, a realistic op- uh, opportunity to, to escape the division next season um, in no. my opinion but um, yeah we, we said there is a possible start date um, I haven't seen this so, uh, so do enlighten me Gary well there's two actually uh, the EFL have been meeting to discuss uh, two start dates one is next month which I think is utterly ludicrous, uh, yep. but it's the last week in August, uh, which was only two weeks after the normal season should last. The season should have started. I can't see them getting that one through. 
Um, and the other one is September the 12th, which I think has been floated around before. My understanding is that September the 12th is the last possible date that the EFL can resume and keep all of the competitions in the current format. Right, so, okay. Um, but it's also the date, if you work out uh, in terms of pre-seasons, et cetera, et cetera, once this season has properly concluded with playoff finals, I think it's also the earliest date that they could potentially look at starting, uh, having had what would be classed as a normal pre-season. Right, it's okay. a month, well, if you think about it, it's a month after the, September the twelfth is a month after the season should have started, and yep. at the moment we're a month and a week over when the season should have finished because it would have finished last weekend in May with the playoffs. Obviously, with the League yeah. Two, League One playoffs, they'll be concluded very soon. Um, obviously, the championship's still playing as well. So, but you know, again, that all depends on social distancing and you know. What does that look like? It could be harsh. The club could be heading for a PR disaster without even intending to. Because if we start on September the 12th and we have to social distance in stadiums, so two seats between people, then they may only be able to work with the people that have booked the early bird season tickets. Yep. If they can only work with the people that booked the early bird season tickets, there will be uproar from the people that weren't able to buy at that point or wanted to finance at a later date or do you know what I mean? It's yeah. And the club can do nothing about it at all. Yeah. I, I think that's the, that's the, the thing when it starts to, you know, when it starts to happen, when we start to get this uh, possibility of, of going back to, to Central Bank and watching football, that is the thing that worries me a little bit because it will be completely out of the club's hands. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it will be, at that point, it will be more than likely a legal requirement to ensure that distancing is put in place. Um, and it, it's it's going to be really harsh if that is brought in, because like you say, there will be people that had valid and legitimate reasons for not wanting to renew when, you know, back in the uh, the early bird window. Um, it's it's going to be a difficult one. Um, you know, I think we were... I think everyone was so caught up in uh, what was going to happen at the end of of this season. Um, We've not really had too much time to stop and think about what's going to happen at the start of next season. Um, And if it is the case that we'll have to go into a stadium and, you know, how are they going to work it? Are we going to have to have a row in between people? Like it's, you know, it's two metres either way or, you know, you're going to have to have that distance either either side. So if you can't, then you've got to think, you know, if you sit in the middle of a row and you want to go to the loo, yeah, how do you squeeze past people? If you've got to step down to the row below you, what if you're elderly, like 70, and can't get to do that? But these are all problems that, you know, they're, they're not the football club's fault. But I think you know, on the plus side, people were talking about not being in stadiums before January. Now we're talking about potentially being in them with social distancing on September the 12th. Let's not forget stadiums are open air. So, I mean, I've been to Hemsworth Market this morning, free for all, free for all, people everywhere. Stalls are are, are one pitch apart, but people didn't care. Um, I think localised R rates are going to be, and I'm sounding like a politician now, but they're going to be hmm. important as well. Because yeah. I think somebody somebody told me, and I don't know how true this is, but we in Lincolnshire in June, there was fewer than 100 confirmed cases of coronavirus across the whole country, county. Right. So you know, 
but we can't just be the only team that goes back. I, I think it's almost certain that there won't be away fans. I don't think we'll be travelling away um, because they won't want that spread of people. And if there is a localised breakout, you know, they, they wouldn't want that. But yeah, two months ago, we were worried about what, what the future might hold. And yesterday I, I went into a garden centre and I had a bite to eat. You know, today I've been to Hemsworth Market. So normality is returning in some way. And I think mm-hmm. if you look at a September the 12th start date, that's two months and one week from now. Um, it's an awful long time. In real terms, yeah. it doesn't sound it, but it is. So, yeah. I mean, like the the thing for me is that you know, I was I was talking to somebody, um, I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and said, you know, they said, well, when you know, would you feel comfortable going back to to Central Bank um, and, and watching games? I mean, there's there's a, you know, I I have, I've got reasons for for not feeling particularly comfortable doing things at the moment, and it's like, well. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I don't think I'd feel all that comfortable going back into the stadium. Um, it's well for a while. It's, yeah. you know, it's the same thing with the pubs reopening. I've been talking to a few of my friends. It's like, you know, well, yeah, great pubs are reopening. I'm not going to touch them. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to be a long time before I venture back into a pub, but, but is that, I mean, it, it, that, that's Corona fears though, isn't it for you? Yeah, that's why you would you wouldn't go back into a pub for fear of the virus. I wouldn't go back into the pub for fear of how the hell it works. Well, yeah, that's very true. And but like you know, it's 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 that it's that thing of somebody said, "Well, would you, what, what what would you know?" If like you said said just there, that the rate is still incredibly low in Lincolnshire. It's like yeah, but what if you know we play a team from Leicestershire? You know, yeah. what What if we somehow, you know, what if the club have a friendly with Leicester City? It's like all of a sudden, like, I know that that's, that's an odd thing in, you know, in its own right, because they wouldn't normally bring them fans to an away game. But you, you then have this issue of, well, you're going to have fans from potentially a pocket of, of the country that's been, you know, yeah. experiencing some sort of localised outbreak. It's like, well, you wouldn't have a way do fans. you then, yeah, you know, you at that point, yeah. Uh, and it's like that, that's the kind of steps that I think, will need to be confirmed it's fairly obvious that that's going to happen but like i mean what's the what what's the numbers on the um on the early bird tickets was it around 4000 i think so so i mean central bank's got a capacity of what 10000 near yeah clo- closing in on te- is it 10 and a half maybe pushing that way and bear in mind we yeah. know away fans as well so there'd be no segregation so you'd have the whole yeah, because so there won't at, be. That's not for debate. I don't think we'll be travelling to away games until twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, like you know, so you're looking at what ten thousand. So if you then start breaking it up by household and stuff like that, you're obviously going to have some households that are going to have you know two, three, four season tickets. Just, just don't make the error of talking about the two meters and everything like pubs. Because that's internally, isn't it? And I think yeah. I think the sports minister will be looking at methods by which he can water down the regulations. So yeah. I, I I could understand where you were coming from with one seat between play people, one row between people. You start doing the maths, and in actual fact, you can't get four thousand in a ten thousand capacity. Yeah, that's what I was miss, getting at. Yeah, if you miss out every other row, you've only got 5,000 if you sat next to each other. So then if you miss out every other seat as well, you're down to two and a half, so you're buggered straight away. Yeah. Um, but I think that there will be a real desire uh, from the government to get people into football stadiums one way or another. And we're mm. going to be quite unique in the, you know, there's us and only a handful of others that regularly 
get close to a capacity crowd and have mm. season ticket holders that would cause significant bother. You know, if you're Carlisle and you've got like 2,000 season ticket holders in a 14,000 capacity stadium, you're laughing. Well, you're not laughing, but you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not so hard, but look, it's all, I'm, you know, I'm, I, we've said before that we wouldn't do any speculation and at the moment we're just purely speculating. But I think the positive to take from it, Ben, is that we're speculating about a potential restart. And I think that's, I think that's what people should take real hope from. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, um, yeah, very just, we keep saying it every week, doing it every time we record, but it's, it's just really strange times and it's not going to yeah. get any, uh, any less strange in the, the the coming days or coming weeks, I don't think so. Um, but you did it. You, you mentioned it uh, in you know in, in the, the the bit about the players where we were talking about it, and we said it, it might be churlish to kind of spend money on players when uh, when people have been made redundant, and unfortunately there have been uh, some redundancies at the club this week. Um, I think it was uh, two or three from the ticket office. Was it one from Sports Science? It was um, Dawn and Joe. So Dawn Cousins yeah. and Joe uh, Dawson have gone from the ticket office uh, to one, you know, to really good women, to really good people. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dawn's been there since I was four. I think 38 years Dawn's done at the football club. You know, she's as much a part of my experience at the club as, as Chris Ashton, as the floodlights, as red and white kits. Um, yeah. and, and Joe joined, I think, three years ago. Uh, always, both of them always tremendous. Uh, I think I think some of the redundancies are voluntary. I think the club have put it out there, and I think some are voluntary. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I know Dawn was able to speak on uh, on the site, um, the official site, kind of you know expressing her sorrow at leaving, but yeah, she took it redund- uh, took it voluntarily. Uh, then Louise and Sharon, Louise Handley and Sharon, who has a double barreled name, which I don't have in front of me at the minute, um, but again, two really good people. Um, mm. from the um, hospitality side, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then Liam in sports science as well. So very... very yeah. Simple. Yeah, it's it's never nice. Um, I mean, we, you know, we, we mentioned it, I think, last time where we said that uh, I think it was Tranmere sort of turning around and going, well, you know, we've, we've, we've been relegated, so we've had to let people go. It's like that's that seemed a bit uh, tone deaf at the time. And, um, you know, I think... These have obviously come at a, a very difficult time for everybody. Um, it's it's just really sad. Um, it's it's not something that uh, you know. It, it's not something you like to see, but unfortunately, um, it's you know. The, you mentioned it in your your piece on the site that they've they've probably had some less than uh, less than complimentary people getting in touch with them over the past few years given the the sort of rocketing uh demand for tickets but whenever i've been in there whenever i've spoken to anybody in the ticket office you know dawn's been there with a smile on her face and, and been able to talk to um it is really sad but unfortunately it's it's kind of the way of it at the moment um you know we, we i'm sure dawn will be back as a fan and we'll hope to see her and um, hope to see her there and Fingers crossed. It's it's not something that's going to become too regular, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's never nice when somebody loses their job. Unfortunately, wouldn't surprise me if they're not the last. No, it wouldn't surprise me. I think again, a lot depends on that start date. You know, the, yes, the redundancies bar um, bar Liam from the sports. I think it's Liam, and, and forgive me if it's not. I, I kind of I, 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so you know, from what could be classed as the customer facing, the hospitality side, the ticket side, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and those are areas that are likely to be hit. Um, yeah, we're not going to be the only ones in this position. You touched on Tranmere there; they used it as a little bit of a, a tool, I think. Um, yeah, redundancy, which was particularly sad. We shall see. We shall yeah. see. Uh, yeah, I know the club. We may not have discussed it, but I know that the likes of Liam, Michael, and Jez, a couple of others, took um, uh, pay reductions. Mm-hmm. So you know, everybody at the club's working very, very hard to. Uh, to, to ensure the long-term future. But sadly, this, this sort of thing will continue to happen. We did we saw something very similar when we were relegated from the Football League on a, on a, a slightly different scale, but, you know, people were losing their jobs. Uh, mm. it's, it's not nice, not nice at all. So. No. Um, I mean, we might as well keep the negative train rolling a little bit. Um, it, it looks like Ellis is leaving the club as well. Um, well, yes, yes, it does. Uh I think there needs to possibly some clarification. My understanding is that as yet, he hasn't rejected the club's offer of a deal. He just hasn't signed the club's offer of a deal. Right. Okay. Um, That's from, we shall say, a very good source. I'm not going to name them. Um, Ellis does have other offers on the table. I think it's relatively common knowledge on social media, certainly, um, that Swindon Town are a side that are interested in Ellis. Uh, I think it would be relatively safe to say that Huddersfield might have had a look. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it, it potentially he I, he's likely to go, but I think at the moment the door isn't closed. I just think that other clubs are trying much harder to get him than we are to keep him. Yeah, um, I think that that makes sense. Um, I mean, in terms of you know, in terms of a statement, not necessarily in terms of uh, in terms of action, but it's it's one of those that when we've you know we, we have the situation when when Danny and Nicky left that not you know no one person is bigger than the club, and unfortunately, it it sounds. I don't want to say this in a way that's that that reflects harshly on LS because it's not the you know it's not what I want to do at all, but at the moment. The club cannot, you know, from my understanding of it, the club simply can't afford to offer any more than than what is being offered. And don't you know, think I it's am- about money. Don't think it's about money. Think it's about playing assurances. Don't think okay. Ellis is motivated by an extra zero on the end of his wage packet. Even though I know it would be nice, you know, we'd all like that. Um, but I think Ellis very much wants to play football. I think had. My understanding is he, you know, in December he'd play. He'd started some games. Um, a contract discussion might have taken place. I get the impression that at that point things weren't looking too bad. Then obviously January came. We loaned in Connor Coventry. We loaned in Liam Bridcott. Ellis played one game after Christmas. You know, and then COVID comes in, and I, other clubs are offering him more money. If they're offering him more money, that potentially suggests that he's going to get game time. Whereas I think here at the minute, that suggestion isn't clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it would be, it would be sad to see him go because he's, he's one of those players that has, you know, he's got the potential and um, we've all seen it. You know, he's, he's a, he's a lad that's uh, older than his years would suggest. I think is, is the phrase. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I probably am. Um, 
but yeah, he's uh, it would be terribly sad to see him go, but ultimately, you know, I think it is one of those that's um, that's sort of inevitable at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's a shame when you've got a business model that kind of circles around developing young players that one of the young players that you've developed doesn't get game time. I've seen some criticism of Connor Coventry coming in and playing more games. Can you hear that noise in the background every so often? Is it, is it a, is it a door stopper? No, it's not. It's the water pump. Oh, for some reason, the main water inlet is in my office and somebody in the house, and it's not me. So it's going to be one person is turning the tap (laughs) on and off, on and off, on and off. (laughs) Even if it's outside, even if it's the outside tap. Anyway, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's been some criticism from some fans that, you know, Connor Coventry came in, played more games, didn't see anything in him that was any better than Ellis. You know, it's it's easy for a fan to judge what they see. Um, You know, was Connor Coventry a better footballer than Ellis? I don't know. It would be unfair of me to say that. I don't think that he was particularly outstanding, Connor, until the last couple of games that he played for us. Uh, I think MK Dons and, and Burton, he looked decent in, you know, whereas with Ellis, I think he had some decent games. I think Peterborough away was one where, you know, he looked like he was having a decent game and then Michael O'Connor went off and, and he yeah. lost that kind of rock that he was anchored to. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if Ellis goes to Swindon and plays 25 games next season and they're a League One rival, nobody's going to want to see that, are they? No. So, I just think he needs to go somewhere where he plays regular football to develop into the player that that Danny and 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 obviously Ellis think that he is. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, I'm just trying to think what else have we got to to talk about. I know, um, obviously we've we've got uh, we've got Roger uh, Roger leaving the club. Um, he stepped down from the role uh, as the vice chairman. Yeah, well, he's still going to be a director. So yes, uh, yeah. but yeah, again, I, I think yeah, we made, I made a lot of that on the site, and I've spoken to Roger since as well. Um, and I think um, yeah, I, you know, he's, he's still going to remain there, but I think it was natural that eventually he would want to step down and spend more time with his family. But I can't speak highly enough of Roger, and he has said he'll come on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Cool. More to talk about his journey from deranged ferret editor through to director and tell us a few funny sort of stories than than to talk about the club in its current state. Hundred percent. It's uh, it, I've you know I've only met Roger a few times, but every time I have, he's been he's been just fantastic. Um, you know, he's a really nice bloke, and uh, couldn't wish anything uh, but the best for him. So, right. um, yeah, it, it's it makes sense for him to do that and, uh, you know, spend a bit more time with his family, as you say. So, so yeah, I, I don't really know uh, what, if there is much more that we've got to, to pick up on. Um, we've sort of discussed, I think probably the major talking points over the past, uh, the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I think we should pick up Chris Ray's imp tunes. Um, absolutely. Two and a half yes. thousand pound for Sophie's journey. Um, phenomenal well done chris which is which is phenomenal um now a little bit that people are not going to know i don't talk a lot about the um the stuff that stacy west does uh because we do do uh not the pod particularly but certainly with with the blog as well in stacy west's name we do quite a bit um but i don't talk about it because i find it occasionally not crass you know i'm not one of these sites that constantly says we're going to do this and we're going to do that we backed will stacy's gameathon 
Um, we've uh, put money into East Coast Juniors when their clubhouse burned down. Um, we've done some work with, uh, obviously, with my neighbour with promoting and putting money into that as well. And we're actually going to set up a standing order to Sophie's journey, um, courtesy of Graham Burrell. Mm-hmm. Um, so Graham Bubs is going to be continue to provide the photos for the site, but instead of uh, the arrangement that myself and Bubs had, uh, we're switching that arrangement over to Sophie's journey. Um, so it's very much courtesy of Bubs, uh, but also in the Stacey West's name. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to be doing a little bit of something as well, but I just find it crass. Yeah. When, when Chris does something like that at two and a half grand, um, and, and rising, I think it's phenomenal and you can still buy the imp tunes as well. Um, yeah 100 percent. go for it online. yeah definitely pick that up because it's uh we got our copy uh dropped off i think chris was he was dropping them all off by hand um biking around the county at one point yeah, so didn't, uh, didn't drop my off mine off by hand yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say it's probably a little bit further to bike than uh than than brace my teeth would have been so. <laughs> yeah i've got my notes i'm looking at it really good uh but i don't wear high heels <laughs> Yeah, I went through that, and it was uh, it was always it's always raises a smile when that's there. I actually I got um, Chris did me a, a print off of that as well, um, and signed it. So uh, we were going to get it uh, going to get it framed, but then unfortunately uh, everything kicked off with COVID. So um, uh, just quickly, uh, obviously we've got the League One playoffs. If this goes out on Sunday, I think the second legs are tomorrow. Uh, any predictions? <laughs> Do you know what the first leg results were? Um, I did see them, but I've completely forgotten what they were. Um, Portsmouth and Oxford was nil nil. Yep, and Wickham hammered Fleetwood four. Yes, sorry, yes, I did. I saw the Wickham game, um, and then I was watching the Wickham game, and then at the end of it, it was like, you know, well, Wickham have done incredibly well, but don't count Joey Barton out. It's like, why are you so far up yeah. his colon? Like, it was ridiculous. It's, like, it's very clearly going to be. Wickham in the final. I fancy uh, Wickham. I fancy yeah, them. I, 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 I've got to say, you know, they they looked they looked decent. They really did. It's um, that one-off game, you know. Yeah. Northampton proved it without the the sway of the crowd. You know, the the underdog or the smaller team can often get swayed by the occasion. You look at uh, us when we went with Bournemouth and we got swayed by the occasion. We went there with yeah. Southend and Southend had been in the windscreen shield final, like three weeks before, so they knew the Millennium Stadium. And I think, that you know, the occasion edged us out. The Northampton proved that take away the fans, playing an empty Wembley, it's no longer an occasion. And on any one given game, teams like Wickham and Northampton that are direct, strong, organised, fight for each other, don't mind leaving a boot in every now and again, mm. um, will do well. And, you know, yeah. Fleetwood tried to out-Wickham Wickham and they just came off looking like thugs because Wickham aren't yes. thugs. They're strong, they're aggressive, they're organised, but they're not outright dirty. And unfortunately, mm. that's what Fleetwood were. And I just think Portsmouth or Oxford, both of whom have got pedigree in finals. Portsmouth went to Wembley last year once and lost in the semi-finals of the uh, playoffs. Oxford have been to Wembley a couple of times in the uh, Shield final or the trophy final. Yep. You know, they might have an edge going there again, whereas Wickham haven't been for a while. But, yeah, I fancy Wickham to be in the Championship next season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I couldn't I couldn't fault them. Um, they looked they looked really impressive. I mean, I, you say that, you know, uh, Fleetwood aren't thugs, but their discipline was, was awful. Mm. You know, you look at what happened with Paddy Madden at the end. 
No, I didn't say Fleetwood weren't thugs. I said Wickham weren't. Oh, sorry. Fleetwood tried to out-thug Wickham, and Wickham aren't actually thugs. I thought Fleetwood lost their head. Fleetwood were the epitome of their manager. Yes, absolutely. That was the thing. You know, when when, um, when Fleetwood were, you know, within, what was it? I think... uh, was it an early, early red card? I, I missed some of the first half, but yeah, yeah. The, you know, it was a definite red card the first one, and yeah. then at the end with you know when Paddy Madden, it. Some people were arguing that it wasn't a dive. I think there was a little bit of contact, but then a good couple of seconds later he went down, um, and there wasn't any contact to actually make him go down. And then the fact that he mouthed off to the uh, you know to the officials, it's like, I think when you've got a crowd in the, in the stadium, you can probably get so away with. Yeah. You can probably get away with mouthing off a little bit more, but when there's nobody else in the stadium, you cannot, you cannot go off on one like you did in the, in that game. But. Referee probably doesn't hear all of that in the loud stadium. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Like you can get away with it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Paddy Madden's crap. I thought he was crap at Sinsel Bank when we beat them two 0 You know, Fleetwood are the only side in the playoffs who um, haven't beaten us because we still had to go there. I think didn't we? Uh, I think so, and yeah. I, I just think that. They didn't impress me. Oxford, you know, we beat that. Obviously, they beat us 6-0 at a low point. But I thought when we went there, we matched them and lost 1-0. We could have drawn that game. Mm. Portsmouth, you know, I thought Portsmouth were lucky to get their win at their place. But I thought that they were a decent side at our place. But, yes. you know, Wickham took us apart at Adams yeah. Park. And I just I fancy that. So. Plus, it'd be nice to see Gareth get it. So, you know. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I think that's probably a decent spot to end it uh, and- for the week. Can I just mention we've reached a milestone today? Go on. First podcast that we've done since January where you haven't mentioned Harry Toffolo. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's not. It just came to my head. I, oh, amazing. Oh, you yeah. utter prick. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, that's probably going to be a decent spot to end it uh, for the for the week. We'll try and get one uh, together next week. I think um, I think it's it's nice to you know it's nice always good to get back on the in yeah the I think podcast get and see so. back into the rhythm and there the might be a reason that we need to start stepping it up if we've got thirteen to go until um, our number one hundred because I might have something in the pipeline for the one hundred but we'll see how it pans out over the next week or two. See, I don't even know that. No, I don't, don't even know what that is. I know. It's good, isn't it? I'm finding that out at the same time as everybody else. Yeah, well, you'll find out when we go off air because I forgot to tell you beforehand. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll hopefully uh, see you next week. I, we were actually we were trying to get a couple of guests on as well. Um, one yeah. of them, uh, one of them particularly, I'm I'm quite excited about. Uh, it's not tough, but uh, one of them was. Yeah. Uh, I think we're just trying to get a date sorted for that one. Um, but then there's a couple more as well. So hopefully we'll have a few more in the close season. Um, and then, yeah, whenever we've got any more news, we'll uh, we'll tell you all about it. Very all good. right, then, guys. See you later. Bye. It's 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.